Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As you stand to your feet with me and as you're standing at home, you can just stand in your heart, but turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 3. As you're turning there, we've been speaking a series of messages called Unshakable. And in the book of Hebrews, it says this. It says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that only unshakable things remain. And so the whole series on unshakable is about this. I want to read to you a story about someone that had been shaken so severely in his life that he needed help to become unshakable. And I want to read in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. It says, if you're not, say oh man. All right. It's there on the screen for you so you can join me there. One day at 3 o'clock, what time was it? Three in the afternoon, Peter and John were on their way into the temple for a prayer meeting. They weren't coming out of the temple. They were going in to the temple to pray. At the same time, someone say same time. I want you to know that God works all things together. That God is the orchestrator. That there's no such thing as an accident or a coincidence. God works things together that this lame man shows up at the gate. At the very time Peter and John are entering in. They come at the same time. Everyone say same time. God has a divine appointment for your life. That you are going to run into someone in the time of your need that's going to help you going from lame to walking. That God's going to come and you're going to have a divine appointment. I'm speaking that to you right now. He says this, at the same time there was a crippled man from birth being carried up. Every day, now we find out this man is over 40, is 40 years old, and every day he had family members or friends that brought him to the temple gate. Every day he was set down at the temple gate, one named Beautiful, to beg from those going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Everyone bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Man, I I got a word for you this morning. And I I got a word to speak to you right now that if you will pull on the anointing that God has placed on me, that you will be able to see yourself step out of the lame issues of life. The areas that you have no ability to function, the areas that you've been struggling to get by, the things that keep recurring in your life, you have the ability to break through. This is a beggar. Everyone say beggar. He is not only a beggar, but he's a lame man as well. We don't have his name. There's no name that's given to him. There's no identity. Whenever I find an individual in the word of God where there's no name given to them, I believe it's on purpose because what God is trying to get across to us, that this person could be any of us. Whenever they're not identified, it's because that person could be any one of us. We could be the person in this situation. He's a beggar, and he's dropped off daily for 40 years on a daily basis. This was his job. They dropped him off in the temple, at the temple gate, at the gate called Beautiful. He wasn't allowed to go in, but every day without fail, whether he was sick or whether he was healthy, they dropped him off there because his job was to beg. And as he laid there, 
there as people would go in. He lived off the pity of other individuals. He lived off the, the, the sorrow of other individuals, the compassion of other people. And begging was his job. And so he was laid there at the temple at a, on a daily basis. He was a fixture at that temple. If you've ever gone to San Francisco, there are certain panhandlers that are at certain corners, and that's their territory. You, will, you, you can go one year and then come back a couple years later, and those same people are in the same corner. In fact, as you drive throughout the city of San Jose and Milpitas, when people are panhandling at certain streetlights, you recognize them. You recognize there's people that are in certain areas, and he's lame. Everyone say lame. Now, the Greek word for lame is cholos. I didn't say cholo. I said cholos. Okay? So I'm not, if you're a cholo this morning, I'm not calling you lame. All right? Don't take it personal. All right? Let's not get, let's not get personal here. But the word cholos literally means lame, inability to stand. It talks about maimed. So it's described as a physical disability that involved the imperfect function of the lower limbs. In other words, an individual that had this situation was not allowed to go into the temple because anyone that had a defect was not allowed to enter into the presence of God in those days. How many are grateful for grace? Is that tough? Come on. I tell you what, if I was not allowed to come into the presence of God because of defect, I would have never been allowed to enter into the presence of God because this man can be jacked up at times. Don't look at me like that because I know you are too. Come on, somebody say amen. You see, the lame was, in a, was a condition. What individual who was paralyzed where their limbs didn't work, it meant that their brain wasn't able to, to, their brain was sending waves, sending information to the limbs, to the lower limbs, and the limbs were not responding. The head would send signals to the body, but the body wasn't responding. The head was sending signals to the body, but the body, because of damaged nerves or an accident or something that took place, could not respond. Christ is the head of the church. And when Christ sent messages to the body, when you've been damaged by life, when you've been hurt by someone, when you've gone through an injury, through a pain, you end up lame where you will not and cannot respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. You want to. Your mind says, I want to do this. Apostle Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. What you are, you are in a state of being lame. Lame. You are a cholos right now. You are in a position where you cannot move because the damage has happened where the head is sending, sending messages to your body, but because of an injury or because of a condition, it's not responding. And what's a trip is this. How many years has this man been set at the gate beautiful? What did I say earlier? How many? Forty. Oh, thank you, Mio. 40, 40 years. Now, if he's been there 40 years, who else has gone to the temple very often with the disciples? Throwing over tables, teaching, rebuking, instructing. Who was it? Jesus. 
Jesus walked through the gate beautiful. How many times? He walked through those gates on many different occasions. And if that man was there for 40 years, that means Jesus walked by this lame man on several occasions. Why didn't Jesus heal him then? Why didn't Jesus take care of that kid? You're wondering, God, why haven't you delivered me? When I prayed, I've asked you, you've walked by me several times. How come my healing hasn't come yet? I want you to understand that God has a timing, that God has a, 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 a plan that's been put together. There's a function for your healing. And I want you to see that as he's sitting there, he's asking for alms. He's asking for money. And alms was more than money. Alms wasn't just give me cash. There was something that was connected to the gift that you were being given. It was more than money. Alms was an act of mercy. It was showing sympathy to the people around you. Gifts of mercy were usually given in the form of money. And worshipers, now cap capture this. Worshipers were expected to bless the poor at the gate. It was a requirement. So this man was no fool. He wasn't going to be outside the city gates. I'm going to plant myself right at the temple where I know I'm going to get blessed. Come on, somebody. See, some of you are trying to get blessing, but you're sitting in the wrong place. He's sitting at the gate beautiful. And the gate beautiful separated the court of the Gentiles and the court of women. And that was as far as a Gentile or a woman was allowed to go to the temple. And being of his condition, he was not allowed to go into the temple. So he sat right at the gate beautiful. And this gate beautiful was made out of gold and bronze. Now, now capture this. It was gorgeous. That's why it was called beautiful. He's sitting at a gate that's made of gold. And yet he's broke. He's in a beautiful place. Going through an ugly existence. Have you ever felt yourself in your life where you've been in a beautiful place, but you're experiencing an ugly existence? Got a beautiful wife, a handsome husband, you got great kids, but you still feel like you're going through an ugly experience. Oh, come on, somebody. Got a great job, you're driving a nice car, but you're still ugly inside. You got, you got influence and people know your name, but inside you still feel ugly. You feel lame. You feel like you can't move. It's an ugly existence in a beautiful place. And church, I want you to know that we are surrounded by people that are broken, people that are lame. We got lame marriages. We got lame jobs. We got lame careers, lame families. You got lame education. You got lame cities. You got people that can't move. They want to. Their brain is sending the signal, but they can't respond because there's damage. Look at verse 3. He says, when Peter saw, everyone say saw. When, Pe when, he and, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Peter, with John at the, his side, looked straight at him in the eye and said, look here. And he looked up expecting to get something from him. First thing I want you to see this morning is they saw him. Everyone say saw. There's two Greek words that, that, that are mentioned here that refer to looking or seeing someone. But I need you to understand that many times we see, but we don't perceive. You see, but you don't perceive. 
You see, seeing is the function of the eyes, but perceiving is the function of the heart. The heart has the ability to feel what someone else is going through, to, to recognize that you know, as you're driving up, you give someone a dollar at that street corner. The ability to see that they have a need is one thing, but the heart has the ability to perceive a greater need. They saw him. The first Greek word is attenzio. Attenzio means this. It's where we get our word attention from. And what he does is this, he gets his attention. It's to look intently and fix one's eyes or to gaze at someone. It's literally to say, I see you. That's what Atenzo is all about, to get your attention. Listen, I see you. I can see what you're going through. I see your marriage. I see your family. I see your sickness. I see your struggle. It was the ability to break down barriers and say, baby, I see what you're going through in this moment. The problem is, is we see, but we don't perceive. Many of us know that someone's going through something, and so when we see someone in trouble, we don't look at them. How many of us, when there's a panhandler at the store, then you see them, and you're like, man, I'm not giving this person anything. What do we do? We don't even look at him. Now, you saw him. Thank you, Lori. You saw him. You saw her, but you didn't want to see them. You see your spouse is upset, but you just, you're, you're going through it. You just don't want to deal with it right now. So you see them, but you don't see them. You see your child struggling. You see them going through this battle, but instead of dealing with it, you see them, but you don't see them. Attenzio is get the attention. He looked straight at him in the eye. The word says he looked at him and in the eye. In other words, what he was trying to do, he makes eye contact. And the moment you make eye contact with someone, you are giving them an invitation. He broke the social guidelines and the social barriers with the look. He looked at them. You honor someone when you look them in the eye. You recognize them when you look them in the eye. And that's what Peter does. He, he looks at them. Many times we don't always see what's in plain sight. And I believe those that are lame around us are asking right now, man, do you see me? Can, can you see me? Let me just cut your hair and get you out of my chair. Let me, let me just deal with this, this situation you're going through and let me get you out of, get you out of here. Let me just pray for that need and get you out of here. The second word is blipo, which means to look, to see, to notice, to be aware, to perceive, to behold or to acknowledge. You see, the man expected to receive something from them. And the world right now is in that place that they're waiting to receive something from us. The world is lame right now and they're looking to the church for some answers. They're looking to the gospel for some hope. The world right now can't move on its own. The world's struggling in fear. And they're looking to the church and saying, do you have something to give me? Do you have any money? Do you have anything to help me get through another day? People aren't looking at just trying to, they're not looking at to success or to thrive right now in this season. They're just looking at survival. I'm just trying to get by. My marriage is holding on by a thread. My family is just barely holding on. I'm trying to hold on to my house. I'm trying to not get kicked out of my rental place. I'm trying to keep my car running. And many of us, are, many people are going through struggles right now, but no one sees it. 
When you're stuck in your own trouble, you're not concerned about what someone else is going through. Second thing I want you to see is they saw an opportunity. Everyone say opportunity. Opportunity. Peter uses this moment as an opportunity for the glory of God. Look at verse 6. Peter said, and I love this part, man. He says, I don't got a nickel to my name. (laughs) How many can say amen to that? I break that spirit right now, and I pray blessings over your life right now. But Peter says, I don't have a nickel to my name. First, first preacher. No cash. If anything, he was looking to borrow some money. And I can imagine the, the lame man in this situation. What do you mean you got no money? Well, keep it moving, dude, because I need, I need paying customers. This is the only place I get paid. And the longer you stand here, you're keeping paying customers from blessing me. But Peter wasn't deterred by that. He said, looks at him, and I can hear this man almost groaning, but Peter and John saw an opportunity. And I need you to, this is, this is where we get the title of the message this morning, the advantage of disadvantages. The, the advantages of disadvantages. When you don't have what you need at that moment, God uses that disadvantage to your advantage. The very fact that Peter didn't have any money. If Peter had had a couple coins, he would have given the guy a couple silver coins, maybe a gold coin, maybe a copper coin, a denarius, whatever it was, he might have dropped him a couple, a, a couple rolls of cash and then moved on. He would have felt good that I blessed this man, but that man still would have been stuck in his dysfunction. I need you to know that if the, Peter and John had had money, they would have given him money and walked on, and he still would have been sitting at that gate today sometimes your disadvantage is your advantage sometimes our lack of opportunity creates an opportunity for to be creative see the man wanted money but what he needed was healing come on say it again pastor he wanted money but what he needed was healing And when Peter and John walk up to him, the fact that they didn't have money, they were able to perceive what the real need was all about. We have to be able to perceive what people need over what they want. A coin would have met his need, but it wouldn't, the coin would have met his current need, but it would not have solved his problem. I give you a couple coins, that'll meet your need for the moment. But that's not going to solve your problem. See, there's a difference between your want and your need. Come on, say it again. There's a difference between your want and what you need. I I want a better job. No, what you need is a better work ethic. No, 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 I want want more money. No, what you need is to learn how to budget what you have right now. I, I want to get married. No, what you need to do is get single. You need to cut those soul ties off your life and get rid of those things that are holding you back right now. Well, I want more friends. No, what you need to do is become more friendly. I want a better spouse. No, what you need is to become a better spouse yourself. I want DoorDash right now. No, what you need to do is save money and cook yourself. I want a smartphone. No, what you need to do is get a dumb phone and save the money you got right now. Come on, somebody say amen. I need a new car. No, you don't. You need to maintain the car that you have right now. You see, they had, I want you to understand, he's asking for something. But because Peter and John didn't have any money, they were able to meet the need that he had. He wanted money, but he needed healing. Somebody say amen. 
Thirdly and lastly, they had something to give. Look at the last part of it. He says, silver, like he goes, silver and gold have I none. In the modern version that I read to you, he goes, I don't got a nickel to my name. Then he goes on and says, but what I do have. Come on, somebody. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. <laughs> There's a principle here. You can't give what you don't have. I can't give you money because I ain't got none. But what I do have is, baby, I got a wallet full of Jesus. I got a heart full of Jesus. I got, I got a spirit full of Jesus. And I'll give you, I don't have any money to give you, but I got Jesus in order to raise you up. He says, I, I want to know, right, do you have enough of Jesus to give to the lame people of this world? To the lame marriages, to the lame relationships, to the lame situations. I don't have silver and gold, but I have Jesus. You see, it's bigger than healing. It's an opportunity to transform a life. You see, silver and gold may impress people, but Jesus will transform them. Come on, somebody say amen. I, I want you to notice the pattern. The pattern's this. He speaks the promise, and then he takes action. He speaks the promise, and then he takes action. He speaks the promise, and then he takes action. you got to start speaking the promises of God. you got to start declaring the promises of God. But the problem is this. After we declare the promise of God, we don't stand up and then take action to see the promise of God come into being. I got a phone call this week from Sepha. Many of you remember Sepha, who helps on our worship team. He's part of our staff. They had a baby early on day after Thanksgiving. She was 25 weeks old. She was only halfway in her development. She's been in, the, in a uh, prenatal ICU for, since the time she was born, and she's had a hole in her heart. She had bleeding in her brain and so forth. And we've been praying, and the hole in her heart cup finally covered up. It's, it's healed. But the bleeding in the brain, amen, you can clap for that. That's all right. The bleeding in her brain just continued. And he says, he says Pastor, I, I, I prayed like you taught me to pray. I, I went over to her and I said, God, you created her to operate and function in this manner. And I speak right now in Jesus' name that she would re be restored to the way that you created her to be. He says, immediately... The bleeding in her brain stopped. Come on, somebody. Sepha, we are praying for you, baby Zara, and your beautiful wife, Yasmin, man. We're believing God to bring you guys home and that this baby is going to be blessed. She's going to be whole in Jesus' name. See, he walks up to this lame man. And he does something that is either going to be an epic miracle or an epic failure. He grabs this lame man by the hand and he pulls him up. Someone say pull. pull. He pulls him. He pulls him up. What if nothing happened? He would be dragging this lame man all over the temple in front of the gate. Come on, stand up, man. Come on, stand up. Come on. 
He, he was setting himself up for either a great miracle or an epic failure. But it says in verse 7, he grabbed him by the right hand and he pulled him up. I need you to understand that there's some people that aren't going to get free without a little pull. They're not going to get set free without someone to help pull them up, pull them out, pull on them. I need you to understand that you got to pull sometimes on the anointing. You got to pull on the promises of God. You got to pull on the people around you that can walk. That when you're lame, you got to be willing to stick up your hand and grab a hold of someone and say, Pull. I want you right now to tell your neighbor, Pull. I I want you to pull on your family, pull on your faith, pull on your belief and trust that God will be able to pull you out of hell and pull you right into heaven. Come on, somebody say amen. They spoke a word. They lent a hand. And then they gave a push. Peter picked him up. The miracle doesn't happen until he pulls him up. You see, miracles don't happen until we tend to lay a hand. Lend a hand and then pull people up. Look at verse 7. In an instant, someone say instant. God, I love when God does things in an instant. I love when he does things in an instant. Man, I love when God just delivers you from, from an addiction in an instant. I love when God heals a cancer in an instant. I love when God removes diabetes in an instant. When a tumor is gone in an instant. When, when anger and bitterness is gone in an instant. But sometimes there's process that we go through. Like the blind man he prays for and he says, uh, how, how do you see now? He goes, I, I see men walking around like trees. It's, it's blurry. Jesus says, well, let's pray again. There might be process in your life. But you know what? My God can do things in an instant. Somebody say Amen. In an instant, his feet and ankles became. Firm. That Greek word for firm means what was shaky has now become solid. To make strong, to establish, to strengthen. Hard, firm, strong, solid. He was shaken. But the moment Peter pulled him up, his ankles became unshakable he jumped to his feet and he walked he had never considered walking as an option before as the worship team comes he didn't even consider this as an option he had never walked before in all his life he had never walked and I want you to look at verse 8 so he leaping up stood up and entered into the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This, what, what was weakened, was strengthened. And in a moment, he jumped to his feet. Capture this. He skipped crawling. He skipped learning to walk without falling down. He went from being lame to jumping. He went from being lame to leaping. I need you to know, capture this, that when God moves upon your life, you skip stages sometimes. God takes you from the bottom to the top. There are pro There's no process in that. When you allow God to do what God wants to do, you will skip stages in your life. God will take you from one level to another level without even being quiet. Qualified. Somebody say amen. He goes on in verse 9. And when the man went into the temple. I love this. I love this. When he went into the temple. Someone say went into. 
He went into the temple for 40 years. This man sat at the, at the side of the temple, at the gate, while watching everyone else get theirs. Watching everyone else get their miracle. Watching everyone else go into the presence. Watching everyone else in the presence of God. I'm here to tell you right now, your season of going in has come. No, no, let me say that again. Your season of coming in has come. You're about to, you saw everyone else with a, with a healthy marriage. You saw everyone else get their spouse. You saw everyone else buy that house, buy that car. You saw everyone else get free from that addiction. You saw everyone else getting their promise. I'm here to tell you, your season of going in is coming right now. In this moment, you are walking into your blessing. You are going to walk in. You saw everyone else go in. Now is your time to walk in to the presence. It's it's your time to walk into the promise. The gates are open. You've been qualified. You can now walk in to the blessings and the promises of God over your life. Everyone stand to your feet this morning. Your season of going in has come. I want you to see what's the first thing he does when his feet are healed. He worships. He uses what God gave, what God touched, and he gives it back to the Lord. Stop cursing your blessing. When you all of a sudden take the thing God blessed you with and you use it as an excuse not to be in church anymore, not to serve God anymore. The husband that he gave you, the spouse that he gave you, the kids he gave you, the house he gave you, all the things, my business that he gave me. Now I can't come to church. Now I can't serve God. Now I can't be there. Don't allow what God touched to become a curse. The man, the first thing he did is don't destroy the miracle by wasting the blessing. He used his feet immediately to worship God. I want to close with this in verse 10. I, I'm sorry, I'm taking a little longer than normal. They recognized him as one who sat begging at the temple gate beautiful. I love this. They, they, they rubbed their eyes. They literally, that's what the, they, they rubbed their eyes, astonished, scarcely believing what they were seeing. Pastor Nick, what they were saying, is, is this the same person? No, he looks like him. But, but, but that guy was lame. This guy's running, jumping, walking, praising. That guy was always asking for money. Now he's handing out blessing. What God is about to do in your life. I just feel the presence of God in here right now. I bless your name, God. I bless your name. I worship you. What God is about to do in your life is going to cause your enemies, your family and friends, people around you, to literally rub their eyes in astonishment to ask, is this the same person? No, no way, that, that, can't, that, that can't be them. They were always broke. No, no, that can't be them. They were always bitter. That can't be them. That, they were addicted. That, that can't be them. They were always sickly. That, that can't be them. I, wait, wait a minute. There's no, there is no way that is Cisco. There's no way that's Jim. 
There's no way, there is no way that, that that's Randy. I can't believe, no, that's not Clemente. There's no way. When God does what he wants to do, people are going to be so shocked at the transformation that God, that people around them are going to be so, is this the same person? Is this the same person? God wants to move on your life. He doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to transform you. He doesn't just want to give you a tickle. God wants to change your life. He wants to shift your life. He wants to totally transform who you are. Oh, come on, lift your hands all over this place. This morning, you are either the lame man or you are Peter and John. You're either going to give life or you need life. And if that's who you are this morning, if you're a Peter or John, you have the ability. I want you right now to start praying, God, I need enough of Jesus to give to the lame people of this world. Come on, just pray. If you're a, if you're a Peter or John right now, you're not lame right now. You're, you're a Peter or John right now. God, give me enough of Jesus to give to the lame people of this world. If you're not Peter or John, you're the lame man. You've been seeing everyone else get theirs. You've been sitting there in that condition for so long and you're looking for help but what you want is not what you need you want money but God wants to give you something better you want a relationship but God wants to give you something better you want you want influence but God wants to give you something better you want a better business God wants to give you something better it all starts with him what good is all those things if you're still lame if you're the lame man this morning, God is telling you, rise up and walk. Be healed, be whole. And if you're that lame man, I want to challenge you this morning. Keep showing up. 40 years he showed up to the gate. 40 years, day after day. Day after day, he kept showing up and kept showing up and kept showing up. What if the lame man decided that day, I'm not going to the temple? He would have missed out on his divine appointment to be healed. So Father, I pray right now, come on everyone, don't get tired. Just ask you to keep your hands up for a little while. For some of you, this might be the only workout you get this week. Come on. Lord, we pray right now, my God, our hands are lifted up as a sign of surrender. And we surrender to your presence, God. And Lord, I ask right now in this moment that you would be glorified. I pray for those right now, my God, that are disconnected and lame right now. They're disconnected from the head. That God, you keep sending them messages, but they can't respond because of damage, because of hurt, because of pain. I pray right now in this moment, God, that we would heal that disconnect. By saying this prayer right now, Lord, we invite you into our lives. Come on, declare this with me. Heavenly Father, restore the disconnect. Heal what's been broken. Restore what's been severed. I want to hear the voice of God. And I want to be able to respond to it. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day because he loved me. I invite Jesus right now to be Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to Him. I change my life. 
I change my direction. I want to follow you. I want to be like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before I have praises come and close us out with the song, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to text the word ALIVE to 408-340-7703. That was 408-380-7703. Text the word ALIVE. We want to reach out to you. Just because we're social distancing doesn't mean that we're not discipling. And we're still going to disciple. We're still going to help you out on this walk with Christ. It's not over. you got a family that loves you. For those of you here as well. And we're going to just close out and worship in a moment. If you're here in the sanctuary, as we're done singing, just stay where you're at. Ushers will dismiss you and lead you out. But I want you to know right now that your season of going in has come. Stop looking at other people getting the blessing and know that your season to walk in has come. God bless you. Those of you from CWC Bay Area, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.